You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret Wise, Sherry Brooks, Sheena Kamal, Matthew Quick, J.T. Ellison, Walt D. Williams, Brad Ford, Corey, Dr. O, Brandon Sanderson, Robin Mom, Ernest Klein, Jim Butcher, Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm super excited to have Kate Bromley on the show with me here to talk about her brand new book. It just released yesterday, and it's called Talk Bookish to Me. If you're a fan of of books about writers, um, which is kind of a a guilty pleasure for a lot of writers, um, this this is a must read. Um, It's so much fun, and I'm super excited to talk about it today. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Um, Kate, we begin each show with the same question, and that question is, what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller? Oh, wow. Um, You know, I feel like for me, I was kind of late to the game. I feel like it wasn't until... I really fell in love with romance novels and the whole romance romance genre, which was the summer after I graduated from high school. And that's when I discovered them at the library. My mom was like, I think you would like this. You know, you should give it a chance. Let's give it a try. So we went to the library and I found one, you know, that I thought looked good. And then I feel like my whole world, you know, opened up when you go from being in school and being told kind of what you should read to then discover this genre, which was everything that I loved. You know, I'd always loved romantic movies. So then to find all these books and there were just thousands, hundreds of them at the library. And I just went on a bender, I guess, if you will. (laughs) And I just haven't stopped. So it wasn't until I really fell in love with the genre and read so many that I started to wonder, could I do this? You know, like, what would I write if I was a writer? And that was really when the thought popped into my head. So I have to ask this, Kate, what surprised you about the genre or or what maybe I should say, what preconceived notions did you have about the genre that when you actually dug in and and started reading in the genre surprised you? You know, I just I almost it sometimes I think about it and I think it couldn't be possible. But like I almost didn't know that they were there, that like they existed. Like my mom, she always read fiction. My dad read fiction and It just never even occurred to me until I was reading it where I was like, oh, my gosh, this exists and I love it so much. And (laughs) I really didn't have any preconceived notions. I went into it kind of blind and then just fell head over heels, you know, in love with it, that it was always about, you know, women and kind of these amazing journeys that they went on and finding love in themselves. And I was just bewitched (laughs) (laughs) you know um the the romance genre has has taken um uh you know a a fair amount of um 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? for ridicule? Maybe that's not the right uh, word, but um, people have have made fun of people that read romance books before, and uh, it, it, maybe it's has something to do with the history of the genre, or you know, the the state of publishing at one point or another. Um, but what do you think gets unfairly uh, bandied about about the uh, about the genre? Probably just when people assume it's like smut, you know, that it's just kind of and that's what it's about and that's all there is to it. When really it's like all these amazing stories of self-discovery and coming into yourself and there's just so much more to it, like complex relationships, you know, between partners. And it's just so all encompassing, you know, it's so much more than what people think just sometimes by looking at covers you know yeah um your books and especially this book um is a romantic comedy um why do you think those two and and of course you know the romantic comedy is a is a staple of of popcorn movies you know i mean they're the the whole it keeps the whole movie industry afloat in a lot of years um but what do you think it is about those two things that that merge so well, the, the romance and the comedy? I think it's just a perfect pairing, you know, just as much as I love romance novels, like just straight romance. Sometimes I think, you know, what would make this more perfect except if I was, you know, laughing, you know, like if there were jokes or if there were funny situations. So it's like you take love and then you take humor, which humor so often leads to love. You know, it just feels like they go hand in hand so perfectly. Sure, sure. I, I know when, when my wife and I got together, uh, we had been friends for a while before we ever dated. And and one thing that we loved is we, we knew how to make each other laugh. And, and there's just something about a um, a connection that forms when you can laugh with someone. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you fell in love with the genre and you eventually... Uh, got to the point where you thought maybe I could try my hand uh, at at this. What what was going on in your life at the time when you decided to start uh, trying to write in the genre that you love so much? At that point, I was a teacher. Um, I was not at that point, but all in all, I was a nursery teacher um, for seven years. So I was working full time and still just, you know, reading through my lunch breaks and when I would get home and any chance I'd get. And it's so hard because I just never considered it an option. Like, I always pictured writers as, like, these mythical creatures that, you know, were able <laughs> to achieve something that I could never achieve. So it wasn't even, like, a thought in my in my head, like, or even in college to be like, oh, I love it. Maybe I should try to do it because I just assumed, you know, that that wasn't for me. Um, so it wasn't until I decided, well, let me just write a chapter for fun and see what I come up with. I wanted to just see what I could do. So I wrote a chapter and I gave it to my mom to read and she was laughing and she thought it was so funny. So it was that encouragement, which then made me say, all right, like maybe I'll try another chapter. And I literally just went chapter by chapter (laughs) writing it and then giving it to my mom to read until the end, until there was a book. <laughs> what? Now, was that book that you started with, did that become talk bookish to me? It was 
the earliest boast of an immature, I guess, version of it. The only thing that stayed is um, Kara's name <laughs> and the wow. fact that she was a writer. Everything else changed, but it was, I guess, you know, definitely the starting point. But from there, you know, as the years went on and I changed it so much, um, that was all <laughs> her name and the fact that she was a writer. So when you decided to to try your hand at this, um, you know, I, I love to hear about how things begin. Um, did did the character of Kara, did she come to you or did you, you know, were you just thinking uh, like how did the, the idea for this story and these characters come about? I think probably in the beginning, maybe I was trying to think of like how I would have liked my life to be, you know, at the time I was a teacher and which I enjoyed, but I was just picturing, you know, if I was a romance writer, if I was living in the city, you know, kind of how would I want my life to be going? So I think in some ways it was like a romanticized fantasy of how I could imagine, you know, my life could have gone if that's what I was doing. Um, so I guess, yeah, that's kind of how it started. <laughs> well, for the main character anyways. So Kara is a writer, um, which which I I love to to read about writers. That there's just something, I don't know, it's 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 kind of almost magical to get this inside insight uh in into a character like that. But why did uh, why was Kara a writer? I think just like like how you were saying, it's what I was interested to and what I was interested in. And I think when I started out and then especially when I was editing it, editing it, I was trying to write the book that I wanted to read. And I also love to read about writers. So that's kind of what I set out to do. Gotcha. Um, so you started uh, writing chapter by chapter, uh, like you like you mentioned, did did you have any idea? Well, and, and then. You know, this the book that we're holding now is very different from that first um, yes. <laughs> thing that you wrote. But, you know, when when you did you know how the story would end from from the beginning? No, now, I had no idea what I was doing, honestly, because now when I write, you know, I write very detailed outlines and character webs. And I just completely wrote by the seat of my pants back then. And I had no plan, no clue. Um, you know, I'd never taken a class in writing or anything like that. So I just went in totally inexperienced and unplanned. So you get to the end of that initial writing project. Uh, it had to feel a sense of accomplishment, e even if the book was not what it would become. Um, there's there's a uh, there's a feeling of accomplishment when you get to the end uh, of something and you complete it, it you know doesn't matter if it's in its final stage or not you completed it you told a complete whole story um wh what was that feeling like oh it felt it felt really great and i remember i printed it out actually in the campus um um i was doing graduate school in the campus computer lab and i had used like all of my free pages like you get a certain amount of pages that you're allowed to print um per semester. So I had printed it out and then just seeing it, you know, this big stack of papers in front of me and I just couldn't believe it. You know, I, it felt amazing to, to do something that you thought 
you know, you'd never be able to do. And even if I knew it was nowhere near ready, that it wasn't at a publishable label um, level, I was just so happy, you know, that I set out to do it and I did it. <laughs> what Death Taught Terrence by Derek McFadden. Life is a journey. So is the afterlife. At the end of his life, Terrence McDonald must discover its meaning or he'll be banned from the afterlife forever and his soul will cease to exist. Join Terrence and those who love him on a poignant and unforgettable journey through a life at once wonderful and harrowing. Learn what Terrence learned. See what Terrence sees. By this provocative story's end, readers may even learn a thing or two about themselves. See why people are saying things like, Derek McFadden writes with an insight you can match. If you like the works of Mitch Album, I think you'll find What Death Taught Terrence a worthy addition to your library and the reading of it, a life-affirming journey. I found this story immediately immersive and it stuck with me long after I finished. What Death Taught Terrence by Derek McFadden on sale now. Authors, I have a fantastic new service to tell you about. It's called PubSite. PubSite is a service to help you build your very own website, your home on the web, where you can promote your work and give your fans a place to connect with you. PubSite is a website platform that allows every author, regardless of budget, to have a great-looking professional website. Developed by the book marketing professionals at FSB Associates, PubSite is the new easy-to-use DIY website builder developed specifically for books and authors. Whether you're an author of one book or 20, or a small publisher, PubSite allows you to build, design, and most importantly, update your website pain-free. No need to be dependent on a designer or webmaster to make a small but costly change to your website. Save the money and do it yourself. PubSite is the best platform for authors because it's a book-centric platform. PubSite was built just for authors and small publishers. Every design, feature, and layout is book-centric. They have customized designs for you to use. It's easy to build. No coding or HTML is necessary to create a stunning, professional-looking website with all the features you want. Get a custom domain name, yourname.com. It's simple to update. You can add all of your books, add a blog and a book tour, sell from any retailer, manage your email list and social media, and even do e-commerce. Build your website with a 14-day free trial, then pay just $19.99 per month, which includes hosting. And we offer packages starting at $499 to set up the website for you. Pub-Site.com, the place to help authors find their home on the web. Did you know that it was uh, that it was going to take you know work to to get it to a publishable state? Um, what was your your uh, you know kind of what were your thoughts about what you had done and and then what it would take to get it out to the world at that point? I was very happy. I was happy that I got it done, but I knew it definitely wasn't at an industry standard, you know, where it could get published. I think I queried like two people, like just to try it and just to see what would happen. And one of them was really nice. I got like a personalized rejection, which felt super special at the time. Sure. 
just saying that she liked the concept and she liked the voice, but you know, it wasn't there yet. So that was kind of the inspiration for me to kind of work on my craft. You know, right after that, I signed up for um, creative writing classes and I really started to try to take it more seriously than I had taken it before. So, um, as you said, this book is very different from that initial draft that you did. Um, what was the revision process like? And, and did you have, uh, you know, in anyone, um, in anyone's guidance or, or, uh, you know, opinions to, to help shape, uh, what your revisions became? Yeah. You know, after, um, I queried it to those two people, I didn't work on it for a very long time because then I took a creative writing class and um, the short stories that I had to write were always very like dialogue heavy. So then the instructor had told me, she goes, you should consider screenwriting. You know, I think that's something that you would enjoy just because I've always been very drawn to dialogue and that was reflected in my stories. So then for years after that, I just did screenwriting. And I took classes and I joined a bunch of groups and I learned a ton and nothing, you know, huge ever came of it. I was a finalist in a couple of contests. Um, But in a way, I feel like veering in that direction really helped me because I learned so much more about dialogue and about pacing. Um, And I feel like then years later, when I came back and looked at this again, I applied what I had learned through screenwriting and then applied it to my novel. Gotcha. Um, so t- let's talk about the book. Uh, Kate Sullivan is, uh, is, is an author and a successful author uh, and also a books to grammar, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, a very 21st century, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of thing. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, she's just kind of surrounded by all the good vibes of the writing community. Um, but she's she's not uh, her personal life doesn't reflect her professional life. We'll just put it that way. Um, when when you started envisioning her, um, how did this character come to be like, you know, were you was were there any things that the, in any people, any uh, feelings of your own life that informed this character or kind of how did she start coming into her being? You know, I'm not really quite sure. I think when I was writing her, I wanted her to be confident. You know, she's pretty satisfied with her life. I mean, she isn't in a relationship, but she doesn't it doesn't bother her too much. You know, she's pretty much happy, you know, with her work and with her friends and her family. And, you know, that that piece of the puzzle is missing. But, you know, it's not like she's dying for it or searching for, you know, searching very heavily for it. So when she does wind up reconnecting, you know, with Ryan, it's a surprise and it brings up all these emotions in her, which I think she's surprised because I think she considers herself to be pretty complete and pretty happy. So when she all of a sudden gets these feelings of unfinished business, you know, it's a jolt to her system and to her otherwise pretty quiet uh, life. And, you know, while she has been mostly successful in her writing, here she is with a deadline. And for the first time in her life, she can't 
get there and she's has writer's block and then all of a sudden this person who comes back into her life seems to be the one thing that can help her move forward and inspires her writing and it's the one person that has thrown her life into a bit of a tailwind and that she would probably avoid if she could and now she can't and because she's having to spend time with him to get her book done she's also forced to address their past and these new feelings that he's bringing up in her one of the most fun uh things about this book that i love so much is is not only is this a story about a writer but the work that she's doing at the moment that Kara's doing the the book that she's working on finds its way into this book and uh can you talk a little bit about the decision to include her work in process and and how that meshed into the rest of the story? Sure. Well, I knew I wanted to pay, you know, kind of my respects and show my love for the romance genre. And when I first started reading, it was all historical. Um, so I've always loved it, always been drawn to it. And in my first in the early draft of this book, I had included romance novels via her having these fantasies that kind of interrupt her daily life like something would be happening in her daily life and she would then envision it in her head the way it would have happened if it was in a romance novel so while I did like it and I thought it was funny it kind of felt like it was just like the same joke being told over and over again throughout the book so then years later when I came back to it I tried to think how could I include historical romance in a way that doesn't feel like it's the same thing, that it feels like a continuous flowing, you know, aspect of the book. And then that's how um, the historical novel, the romance excerpts uh, came into play. And I also think that deep down, I probably have always dreamed of writing a historical romance, but I don't think I could ever do it. And I don't think I will ever do it. So this was like my shot to write like a mini <laughs> historical romance. So I just had to give it a go. <laughs> well, and a, what a great way to do it. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's, you can be as tongue in cheek as you want to. And with it, you know, couched in the other story, mm -hmm. it, it just really works. It's, it's so fun to read those parts. Glad. So the, the idea of, uh, of serendipity, uh, kind of, um, works its way into a lot of romance stories and a lot of romantic comedy especially there's there's something about these these two people that that are are meant to be together and and you know the the uh, all the things that they have to go through to to become a couple um was that something that you were thinking about when you're writing this and and the idea of these you know star-crossed lovers who once were and then not and you know maybe ultimately are meant to be um it, is that something that you thought about at all I don't know if I thought about um I knew kind of that I, I wanted it to be a second chance um I always love to read second chance romances so I kind of had a feeling that that was direction that I was going to go in. And I always think it's so interesting to investigate, you know, those past feelings and those past relationships. Like, of course, it's always wonderful and exciting to meet someone new. But I also think it's so intriguing to have met someone at some point in your life where you can then meet them down the road and you're a different person, but you're also a little bit of the same person. So you have these past feelings and new feelings that clash. And I really think it's interesting 
reading about characters who then have to face that and come to terms with that. Um, so I always, I always loved Second Chance, so I was excited to include that in here. Absolutely. Um, when, when you're writing uh, a comedy, um, do you, it, what's the self-editing process like? Um, when you read back over what you've written, um, are you are you hard on yourself when when looking at you know does does this joke land or maybe not even a joke but it, you know am I coming across as too snarky um, and, and you know it, it's a delicate thing to land comedy properly sometimes because a character can either you know be goofy uh, or snarky you know if you want to go the kind of the to the other extreme. Um, but they're, you know, dropping just the right amount of levity into a story, which kind of lets the reader off the hook a little bit when emotions run really high. You know, a, a moment of levity can really balance out and and, you know, keep the the reader on this emotional roller coaster, which you, you kind of want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you talk a little bit about comedy and, and, and kind of how you edit yourself to make sure that you're you're keeping the proper tone in your writing? Yeah, I think it's definitely tricky, you know, because you want it to feel natural, you, the comedy aspect, and you don't want it to feel forced. So I feel like for me, any of the comedy bits, it's more character driven and not situational. I feel like situational could be even more difficult. So I prefer to kind of do the comedy via the dialogue and just through two people talking. And when I'm editing it, I guess I do like I guess you would call it like a smile test. Like if I read it and I'm smiling as I read it, then it's a good, you know, then I know that I'll I'll keep it in there and that it's good. But if I'm reading it and it just feels like I'm trying to be funny, then you're almost better off just not, you know, if it's right. funny, it'll, it should, it'll come out naturally. You don't want to force it because then, you know, readers can, can feel that and sense it. And then it takes away the joy of, you know, what it's supposed to be doing. From a a hardcore pantser, as you described yourself in the beginning, to <laughs> yes. now someone who is a very meticulous planner, yes. um, how has your writing process changed? And you, you talked about character sketches and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. what what is that? What's the planning process like for you now? Oh, I just feel like it takes away so much of the anxiety because with this one, with talk bookish to me. I really didn't have that much of an outline. Like I I wrote the first one, you know, by the seat of my pants. And then when I went back editing it, I had a little bit more of a plan. I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I had like a list or two in my notebook. Um, But then when it came time to write my second novel, I just sat down thinking I would do the exact same thing. You know, it kind of worked the first time, you know, let me see if I could do it again. And it just wasn't happening and then when you have a deadline then you have extra pressure because you think okay I don't have years to write this you know I have a certain amount of time so I was just getting so nervous and then I said you know let me just make an outline like to make myself feel better so then I started and then I was like okay that feels good like let me write a character web now and then I broke down each character and then I broke down each chapter and I just kept going and going until you know, I filled pages of this notebook all just with outlines and planning. So then when the time came to write, it was just like, okay, what am I writing today? And I just went and I looked at my outline and 
there was no anxiety. There was no nerves. I just sat down and did, you know, like a brain dump of what I wanted to be in the chapter. And then I would go back, you know, after my first pass and then fix that up. But to just get the words on the paper, which I feel like is the most intimidating part, the outline was very helpful for me to just get it down, you know, so then I could edit it. (laughs) Kate, I don't know if you've uh, realized or not, but um, the last year has kind of been a dumpster fire um, for the (laughs) world. And um, I, I cannot imagine, you know, thinking about launching your debut novel in the midst of a pandemic and, you know, worldwide shutdowns and all of that stuff. Thank God we're, we're coming out of that now and the world is opening back up and, you know, maybe we're, we're seeing a a semblance of, of normalcy returning. Um, But what, what was that feeling like knowing that you had this thing that you had worked on so hard and, and had put so much of yourself into, and then thinking about launching that into a world that, that can't go to bookstores. Oh gosh, yes, dumpster fire. That is the perfect uh, <laughs> description. Um, it was just like so much of the year. It was just conf- you just don't know, and you're just so confused. And it was it was wild, you know. I mean, I had COVID very early. Like I got it right. So me, did I. Me, me, and my husband and son, we all got it at the same time. Before it was even, it was just coming out. You know, like what it was. Like we didn't even know you know, basically when we had it and then we were like, oh my goodness, we have every single one of these symptoms. So we were all sick for a bit and then we were all home. You know, my husband was working from home. I was home and my son, golly, was he three? I guess he was, he had like just turned three. So then I was with him and then trying to edit. And so it was just so hard trying to even find a window of time to work because my son is super active. Um, so it was really just, I'd have to get up early in the morning to get work done and then pray that he took a good nap. And then that was when I got some work done and then just the end of the day, but you know, we got through it. And so now that we started thinking about the release and everything like that, I'm just so grateful, you know, that I was able to get it done and we all came through it and I'm just so happy that it's even coming out. You know, the fact that it's a debut, I think it makes it just a little easier just because I'm just so grateful that it's even happening that like if it has to happen when I can't go to the bookstore and, you know, that's fine. I'm just so happy that it's happening at all. And I'll take it, you know, anyway, (laughs) any way that I can get it. But like you said, we're all starting to come out of it now and that's really nice and I'm sure I'll be able to sneak to a bookstore and see it in the wild which will be awesome that that'll be so much fun just taking that first (laughs) photo of your book sitting on a shelf oh so surreal I still don't feel like it I I still don't I still don't feel like a writer I still don't feel like it's coming out maybe when I see it it'll finally sink in You know, I, we've done more than 1,100 episodes of this show, and and every writer feels that way. I've I've met I've not met a writer yet who who felt like a writer. It, it's this it's this thing that you just you always struggle with. It's it's such a weird thing. Yes, it's like the real writers, and then like me, I'm over right. there. I'm over there. They're over there. But who knows? Maybe it's better that way. <laughs> right. When when David Baldacci tells you that he wakes up every morning and just has to stare at the blank page and you're like, OK, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 
I get it. Okay. Yeah. So, so what are you working on now, Kate? Right now, I'm editing um, my second novel. Um, it is a standalone, but it does feature a character um, from Talk Bookish to me. And it all centers around um, the theater and the theater world, and it's set in London. So I'm very excited about that. Nice. I can't wait to see what you do with, with that idea. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Talk Bookish to Me is out available everywhere now. Uh, when you're hearing this, you can grab it um, however you like to read books. If you want to, uh, you can grab the Kindle edition, or if you want to hold the paper in your hand, go grab it to do that. Also, audiobook. Uh, is available uh, today as well. We're going to put links to all those uh, places in the show notes of this episode where people can grab it uh, quickly. Kate, uh, but if people are just discovering you and want to dig into all the great stuff that you do, where can they find you online? They can find me on Instagram. That's probably where I am the most um, at Kate Bromley writes. You can visit my website, uh, katebromley.com. And I'm also on Twitter. And we will put links to those in the show notes as well. Uh, Kate, thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. Oh, thank you so much. I had such a blast. Authors, if you're looking for a partner to help ensure that your book is the best it can possibly be, look no farther than Pico's House. Crystal and her staff make a conscious effort to be critical yet courteous. They also strive to make the business side of things run smoothly so that you can rest easy knowing that your manuscript is in capable hands. Whether you need beta reading, developmental editing, a manuscript critique, line editing, copy editing, or proofreading, Pico's House is the one-stop shop for you. Check them out today at picoshouse.com to get started.